The Talking Points podcast is produced in partnership with C. Michael Gibson and clinicaltrialresults.org. Mike Gibson coming to you live from ESC 2020, and this is one of the most exciting trials, I think, that's being presented at ESC this year. I'm joined today by uh, Jacopo Oliveto, who was the leader of the trial, looking at hypertrophic cardiomyopathy and its treatment with a new drug uh, called Mevacamptin. Tell us a little bit about the mechanism of action the uh, Well, first of all, Mike, thank you for having me. So Mavacamptin is a first-in-class myosin inhibitor. What the drug does, it, it ties to the myosin protein and makes it less prone to interact with actin. So in a way, it's a negative inotrope. Uh, the way th- uh, this acts in this particular disease is because most uh, mutations causing hypertrophic cardiomyopathy actually do the opposite. So they make myosin too prone to interact. They enhance uh, myosin-actin interaction and make this disease a hypercontractile disease, which is not good because there's energy waste, there's electrophysiological remodeling leading to fibrosis, microvascular ischemia, and obstruction. So the drug has many potential benefits, including restoration of a normal uh, metabolism, normal energetic consumption, as well as more on the clinical side, control of obstruction by reducing uh, undesired hypercontractivity in these patients. Fascinating mechanism. That is so neat. So tell us a little bit about the design of the study. So first of all, there were very promising phase two uh, st- uh, the data from, from Pioneer study showing very nice effects on the obstructive form of disease. So this is a phase, Explorer XM was a pivotal phase three uh, trial designed around obstructive HCM. So only patients with symptomatic obstruction and greater than 50 millimeters of mercury obstruction caused by SAM were enrolled in the study. Patients were, uh, this was a, a, a first of all randomized placebo control trial uh, enrolling 220 patients. Uh, the, um, the, the three patients were treated for 30 weeks um, in the treatment arm, and of course, the placebo arm was in parallel. Uh, during this treatment period, there were two titration phases, which were critical because uh, of safety as well as efficacy considerations. Uh, and the, the primary endpoint of the study was a composite of uh, NYHA function class symptom improvement uh, combined with improvement in uh, oxygen consumption on cardiopulmonary testing. Can I ask you, was it blinded? Oh, absolutely blinded. Yes, absolutely. Okay, great. Blinded. Very important when you're looking at... It was actually, yes, the, the echoes were actually blinded from the principal investigators so that there was no um, sort of contamination because, of course, some effect on the gradient was pretty obvious. So uh, investigators had to be blinded from the results of the echo. And there was also sham titration on the placebo uh, arm as well to make, it, make sure there was no... Uh, it was as blinded as possible. Yes. Well, great design. Uh, what did you find? 
Well, first of all, there were a number of secondary endpoints as well, which I will go into. Well, um, the secondary endpoint in this case are even more important, more interesting than the primary endpoint, I would say, because it was looking at post-exercise gradients, uh, yeah. peak VO2 per se, as well as uh, biomarkers and quality of life measured. In particular, we developed, specifically developed a questionnaire and validated the questionnaire for HCM because symptoms in HCM are not the same as in other diseases. And so to measure quality of life, we had to validate a specific uh, tool for this, uh, which was very useful in, in the, uh, during the trial. Well, first of all, all the endpoints, the primary endpoint and all the secondary endpoint were met with a very high degree of statistical significance. Uh, the primary endpoint was met by uh, all almost 4% of patients in the uh, treatment arm, as opposed to 19% in the placebo arm. So there was a 20% more uh, patients with the primary endpoint in the treatment arm. And this was, this was highly statistically significant. So Jacopo, was this a 20% relative risk reduction or absolute risk reduction? Or it was an absolute, yes, so it was an absolute risk reduction. So in the treatment arm, there was a 37% of patients who achieved the primary endpoint as opposed to 17% in placebo arm. So it's a 19% absolute reduction, uh, absolute actually increase in patients meeting the endpoint. Well, that means you'd only have to treat five patients to see a significant uh, improvement relative to placebo. That's, that's very compelling. Absolutely, yes. And you only need to treat 0.75 to see a reduction in gradient below a threshold which would be considered for surgery in these patients. Amazing. Uh, but uh, um, so in, in, the, in the secondary endpoints, uh, we, what we observed was that the patients on treatment had a very marked reduction in gradient, which was exceeded uh, 40 millimeters of mercury as opposed to much less in the placebo arm. Patients performed better. They had a 1.4 increase in, uh, in VO2 uh, milligram per ml per, per, per kg uh, compared to virtually nothing in the placebo arm. Uh, NYHA class improved significantly in 65% of the patients on treatment had at least one NYHA class improvement uh, as compared to only 30% placebo arm. Uh, and most important, very, very well, it was obvious uh, incre increase in well-being uh, when uh, uh, when evaluated with PROs, with patient-reported outcomes, and the biomarkers were also very significantly lowered. So both anti-BNP decreased by 80% as compared to the placebo, and troponin I release, which is a negative predictor of outcome, was reduced of 40% in the treatment arm compared to the placebo arm, which is important in a way because it makes you think that the drug may actually have benefits that go long term in terms of uh, impacting on the natural history and not just impacting on the moment on the gradient. Wow, that's just amazing results, Jacopo. Could you remind us where we are in terms of the regulatory review of the molecule and where it is in terms of advancing towards clinical practice? Well, um, the FDA has granted breakthrough designation for this molecule in recognition of the uh, original uh, mechanism and the efficacy and safety. Well, I didn't mention safety, but of course, safety is very important here. Yes. So the drug has a, had a, a profile that was absolutely comparable to placebo. 
there was only one sudden death in the in the study, and that was in the placebo arm. And the number of patients who withdrew was very small. There was 97% of patients who completed the study. So very safe drug. Uh, because this is a negative inotrope, we were concerned with drops in left ventricular ejection fraction, but that only occurred in three patients during the study and four at the end of the study. Mm. And all of these recovered completely after washout and were able to either complete the study or be enrolled in, a, in the long-term extension study, which is now ongoing. So totally reversible. Um, in speculation, I mean, it, this is all ongoing. Of course, the FDA uh, had, had sort of agreed on the design of the study. So we are definitely moving forward on that. Great. Well, congratulations. I have to say, I was, um, I was going to be an orthopedic surgeon. And um, then I started my medicine rotation, and I took care of a patient who was 19 years old. It was my first patient as a medical student uh, who um, was in shock uh, and in AFib. And when we did the echo, she had, back then it was called IHSS. Nowadays, we call it hokum. And uh, we cardioverted her, tanked her up, got her back. And it was such an amazing uh, turn of events. She'd been up all night partying. So we got her back, but then they, back in those days, she stayed in the hospital all night and the resident said, here, read this book, read this chapter in this book by this guy named Eugene Bronwell. So you'll be ready for rounds in the morning. And um, I was kind of mechanical, you know, I was an ortho guy and it was so lucid and so, fascinating um, that I decided suddenly to go into medicine and go work with that Eugene Bronwald guy, which I have now for uh, 34 years. So um, great, great data, fascinating story, and uh, keep up the great work and look forward to seeing more results for this fascinating drug. Thank you very much. It's not every day that you have a disease that you've known for 60 years and described in every fine detail and have no drugs to, to treat it. So yes. this is really the first time that the drug has been developed for this disease rather than just being developed for other things and then switched to HCM. So this is the first disease-specific drug that's ever been developed and that seems to work. So I feel privileged to um, be able to present the data here at USC. Thank you very much. Great. Congratulations, Jacopo. And thanks for joining us. And thanks to all of you for joining us here live from ESC 2020 virtually.